Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello. And welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My voice still needs a lot of work <laughs> before it comes back. Thank you very much for joining me live at Tuesday, 1 p.m. BST. We also did one last night at five, half five, something like that. We did quite well, so we're going to try and smash another one. Before we get going, you're going to be looking at my face going, man, Simon, you have a very youthful, egg-like, baby face, more so than usual. And that's because I shaved all my facial hair off. For an episode of Ups and Downs, which obviously airs in one hour's time. I haven't done this in a, in a long-ass time. It really does make me look like an egg. I'm looking at myself now. I've just appeared, especially under lights, which makes you actually look a bit different than you actually look. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure you can figure it out. Why would Simon shave off all his hair apart from one bit? And then I went and did it afterwards. But you'll find out, as always, like I say... Uh, one hour's time, 2 p.m. BST. We'll leave here and we'll all go over to What Culture Wrestling and we'll watch Ups and Downs live for Raw. It's not going to be like Clash of Champions yesterday. I mean, Clash of Champions or Ups and Downs literally went live as soon as I was done. So we bridged the gap, we segued, we transitioned, and that's all that matters. But I don't think there's any internet problems today. I mean, I turn all my internet devices off when I do this. So I like to give all the power to the stream. Um, but uh, I think everything should be okay. Really difficult episode of Ups and Downs today because, as you know, I like to be a goof and do skits and do a bunch of stupid stuff. But there were so many segments on Raw, it was like I kind of just have to get, I just have to get through it. I just have to get through it and get to the other side. Anyway, if you are joining me for the first time, thank you very much. My name is Simon Miller. You may recognize my bald head from What Culture and everywhere else on the internet. Not everywhere else, but some other places on the internet. Um, come follow me at Twittergram. Twittergram. <laughs> Do it. Twittergram at SimonMeta316. Uh, like the video while you're here. Please do subscribe if you haven't subscribed to my channel before. Always nice seeing that number go up. All my content is also supported by patreon.com forward slash SimonMeta316. And if you want to control the stream, if you want to ask a question, if you want to change the topic, if you want to have your say or do whatever you want, uh, just put a little question in the super chat. You'll see the little dollar sign below the chat side to the right. You can ask, you can say... You can insult me. You can do whatever you want. Even if you post something offensive, I will yell at you and probably ban you, but I will still mention it. So, you know, nah, that's probably not true. It depends what you wrote. I take that back. If you wrote something really, really bad, I would just ban you. So don't do it for that. I've lied. I've massively, massively lied. The other crazy thing about this is, like I said, we did one yesterday post Clash of Champions. I really did think we'd talk about something different today. And then you, you watch Raw that, you know, finished uh, but a few hours ago. And Bray Wyatt is everywhere. <laughs> Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt is the Roman Reigns, uh, you know, Roman Reigns circa 2016 of, um, of, of now. It's, it's incredible. Like, imagine, go back to when that Raw after WrestleMania, when we saw that little vignette of that buzzard that looked like a raptor coming out of a box with a coughing. Remember all of that and now think where we've got. I think because now I feel like we've got to the point where if Bray Wyatt does not win the Universal Championship at Hell in a Cell, we are all well within our rights to kick off and be like, WWE, why don't you understand? Like, I genuinely think that. I think if we if we did that, we would, it would be the craziest. It would be the absolute craziest decision that they have done for some time. 
Uh, shout out to my man, Derek Alia, in the super chat. Good supporter of the show and a good supporter of me in general. He sent me some very nice messages. So thank you, Derek. He, he weighs in in the super chat. He says, how great is the fiend? Give him the title at Hell in a Cell and let him hold that belt for a long time. By the way, man, glad that you're doing well. Take care. Thank you, Derek. Thank you for being a good guy. Couldn't agree with you more either. I've seen threads on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, Twittergram. I've seen it all with people saying, oh, we're pushing Bray Wyatt too soon. He shouldn't win the title. Bullshit. Bullshit. Flub that. We, that's what we do with everybody else. And where does it get us? It doesn't get us anywhere. Let's treat Bray Wyatt like a star. Let's see you know, how he's ingrained himself with the crowd and he's getting these massive reactions and he's got all this momentum. And the other criticism seems to be, oh, he's too much of a monster. Who can beat him? Don't worry about that now. Why are we all... I I get the wrestling... We should always be looking like that. We should all be looking long-term and say, well, what's the goal? What do we achieve? So on and so forth. But do... Let's get phase one done first (laughs) before we go and throw everything else down the pan. Right now, let's just get him to the top of the company. Let's give him a long reign. Let's make him, uh, you know, a proper main event guy that we, you know, like Roman Reigns. I say this all the time, but Roman Reigns can lose now and it doesn't affect his standing in the company because he's Roman Reigns. The Undertaker, The Rock, Steve Austin, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, all these guys. Let's use him like that, Goldberg. So if we have to Goldberg him from a year where he is this destructive monster because he is too powerful, what's the issue? What's the alternative? And that's why I don't understand why people are getting so worried. We found ourselves in this position. Let's be organic. Let's be uh, flexible. And whatever plans we have, boom, throw them away. Because they ain't going to be as good as this. This is what the fans want. Shout out to Frequently Flying the Super Chat. It says, happy Tuesday following you on the Twittergram now. I may start Twittergram. Pretty sure I get sued pretty quickly. I feel like we should start Twittergram. Simon Miller's Twittergram. I don't know. And under FB Goo, also in the Super Chat, said, I didn't think I could love Bray anymore, but I do. I think you're not going to be alone there, to say the least. I mean, honestly, we had four Firefly Funhouse segments, I think, last night. Uh, the first one, which was my favorite, because we had the traditional Raw opening promo with Seth Rollins talking about how he beat Braun and, you know, he got spooked out by Bray. And then they interacted with him on the Titantron. And it's the small things sometimes that make the largest difference. And I'm so used to somebody coming out and interrupting. So being interrupted by uh, almost like, uh, what's the right word? I can't even think of the right word, but show, I suppose was great and Bray Wyatt's always freaky Bray Wyatt gets this character and obviously we kept going back to the fun house he had his friendship wall and he's putting up pictures of Kurt Angle and Finn Balor and uh, Mick Foley and whoever else he's Jerry Lawler and whoever else he's been up they got red X's and he's putting Seth's picture up it was just great it was just a visual representation of what's going to happen I do think we probably could have nixed one of them I, I sometimes I think WWE believes more is more and obviously less is more but that's me pulling at straws <coughs> excuse me but yeah, honestly, I thought it was, uh, I, I just thought it was great. I thought it was excellent. And having, you know, I didn't even realize we were, before we started doing the 24-7 title stuff, I didn't even realize that we were in Knoxville. And I was like, oh yeah, we're in Knoxville. <laughs> That's where Kane is the mayor. So to get him in, you know, pretend that he was just going to do some fun stuff with our truth, but then have him in the, in, the, in the main event angle. I mean, it's a bit weird when he's beating everybody up, but I get it. It was building to something else. And then to have Bray Wyatt lay out Kane, you know, who is of that ilk like a magic person i just thought it was great and the stare down i mean that's the thumbnail of this stream obviously and he just went and stared right in seth's face who's just been beaten up by all of these guys it was it was it was really really good like it was really really good it was just a, a almost a perfect performance 
by WWE and Bray Wyatt in what they should have done with that character, especially building into the pay-per-view. And I and I really hope I really hope that everybody realizes what we have here. And let's not worry about who's going to beat him. Let's just worry about Bray Wyatt for now. What can we do from him? Where can we take him? You know, what kind of uh ideas and storylines can we come up with him to make sure it does feel fresh and it does feel fun you know there are absolutely options here and i think it's the most important thing that wwe can do right now it's why i kind of worry about the first week of october because in the first week of october everything changes and the last thing uh, i want is for that to you know, i don't want that to demote bray wyatt at all i want to go the other way i want to get to the point where we do get to a week where you know smackdown's moving to fox and nxt's doing this and raw's doing this that we actively see bray wyatt and go he's somebody we need to include all of this he needs to be on the graphics and, and so on and so forth be yeah, absolutely tremendous I've got no problem with him holding the title for a year. I've got no problem if Seth Rollins doesn't get anything in this feud. I feel like Seth doesn't need it. Um, the fact that people at the start of the show were booing Seth when he talked about uh, beating Braun Strowman and they were cheering Bray Wyatt constantly the whole time. I just think sometimes you've got to live in the experience that you're getting. And that's where we are right now. Shout out to Linda D who just says, Happy Rusev Day. you damn right, Linda. Like, that angle was terrible, but I didn't even care because I've missed Rusev so much. Again, that's why I'm clean-shaven today. You'll see ups and downs, 1 p.m., what culture resting. Make sure you subscribe. Um, I loved it. I jumped out of my seat. Oh, I couldn't have been happier. I couldn't have been happier. I mean, it's just one of those situations where do I want him to come back in a world title program or near the top of the card? Of course I do. Will I take him being in dumb comedy angles now just to have him back on television? Yes. It's a happy Rusev day to you, Linda, as well. We'll get into that. Frequently Fly says in the super chat, the mat was good, so I'm not mad at Corbin winning King of the Ring. I thought King of the Ring was great. I thought the. I think Baron Corbin has... You can look at it either way. It all depends on what happens now, you know, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks down the line. If Baron Corbin plays up to the gimmick, because Baron Corbin playing up to that gimmick is actually better than Chad Gable playing up to that gimmick, because Corbin has the type of character that can get away with it. If we made Chad Gable put on a crown in a row, we'd be like, oh, we've ruined Chad Gable. It's like Shorty G, which could still be in the offering. But when Baron Corbin does it, it's fine. It's fine. So there, there is that, and it's always good when a heel wins King of the Ring, because they can, you know play up to it a little bit much like king booker did so it depends on what happens with chad gable if chad gable can now still be a player and be put in feuds and not just vanish from television or just make random notes and storylines that don't go anywhere then i'm okay with it It doesn't matter that he lost that match the flip side to this is wwe desperately needs baby faces right now i think you can again that's the whole bray white argument who takes out bray white roman reigns well, that's a bad idea seth rollins now nah, not really going to work and then you're already out of options i don't think finn balor is the guy either I'm not saying that Chad Gable could fill that role, but maybe we should have given him uh, we should have given him something to see how the crowd adapted. Because Baron Corbin is already hated, right? He's already a heel. He's not going to become more of a heel, more of a bad guy by winning King of the Ring. But I think what it could do for Baron Corbin is maybe specify his character a bit more, which I would be important. So I do understand the frustrations. But yeah, I agree frequently. Fly. I thought the match was great. I think King of the Ring altogether has been awesome. Uh, and I hope they do it next year. And I hope next year there's actually a, reason, uh, a prize for winning, be it a title match or whatever. And I'm intrigued to see what Baron Corbin does now. You can't put him back into a program with Seth Rollins. And if Bray Wyatt wins a title, you're not going to do Bray Wyatt versus Baron Corbin. Maybe you would. I don't know. Uh, Undead F.E. Goose said, Seth's picture was the only one with devil horns. See, I love this. I didn't even notice that. And that is the coolest thing about... Um, the Firefly Funhouses, is that you can go back and they're layered and you will see things 
that you may not have seen first time or you may have picked up on all of it, of course. But that's what I love. It actually rewards you from watching and paying attention, which good TV shows should do. And it's why Bray Wyatt is the best. Panther King in the Super Chat says, Rusev came back as the father of the unborn child. I think that was stupid because Rusev is married to Lana and there will be a possible feud between the two of them when she returns. Well, yeah, I think that's the storyline they're going to go with. The narrative that's going to come into play. I'd be surprised if they, if they didn't do that. So it's very much like the Summer Rae Dolph Ziggler storyline from a few years ago. And don't get me wrong, that sucked. I'm not saying that this is going to be any better, Panther King, but I'm certainly just happy Rusev is back. And you're right. That whole Maria thing was nuts. Hey, we haven't seen Mike and Maria Canales on Raw for about a month, six weeks, if not longer. Then all of a sudden, social media is telling us we're going to have a gender reveal. It's a boy. Then Ricochet is the dad. So Ricochet goes and beats uh, Ma- um, Mike Canales in a match to prove that he's not the dad. Then we go to a Firefly Funhouse. Then we come back and Rusev is back. And he, I mean, look, is he the father? He never said he wasn't, but he didn't say he was either. He just interrupted Maria and came back marching out so maybe he's not the father it was never like so he didn't got on the microphone and said yes i have had sex with maria canellis it's a very strange way to bring him back and i think the other unfortunate part of it apart from me who cheered so loudly i probably woke up my neighbors and their children so i apologize for that but it didn't exactly get the kind of reaction that most comebacks do. And Rusev's been off TV for a long time. But that's because the storyline is absurd. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely absurd. And you're right. What does happen with Lana? I do think that's going to tie in. It's not the way I saw Rusev coming back. But I just needed him on television. I just did. That's what I needed in my life. And I'm glad that I've now got it. It makes me a happy man. Long live Rusev. Happy Rusev Day. He'll probably be off TV again in a few weeks, and I'll regret it. My man Derek in a super chat again. One more before work. My only concern is where would you go after Bray wins the belt? Who is the best challenger? Also, man, I sent you a message. Want to make sure you got it. Been having online issues. Uh, if it's on Patreon, I'm sure you, I have got it. I'm going to go through Patreon messages today. So, yeah, I'll, I'll catch up. Uh, you're right. There, there, there is a, uh, a lack of challengers to to Bray Wyatt I, I do agree with this I'm not saying that that's not an issue that needs to doesn't need to be addressed and a lot of people are saying well, what the hell do we do with Bray Wyatt I totally agree with you we need to come up with a plan Roman Reigns does see one of the most likely and I don't know how that would go I think we have to probably stay away, away from that personally but right now that's again that's not the biggest concern that t- no, that ties into another problem that maybe we should we should talk about in general down the line. That WWE just doesn't have that many good baby faces that can be a monster slayer. No pun intended. I know Seth Rollins did that on Sunday, but Seth Rollins is in that mold. But he's not the right guy right now. He's just not Roman. You could do it with, but I think that will create a backlash because everybody loves the Fiend, and we know the controversy around Roman Reigns' character. <coughs> uh, Finn Balor. Maybe, but I don't think WWE's ever going to go in with him 100%. So I don't want to sacrifice everything Bray Wyatt's done for a guy that WWE will, you know, get bored of again. And then you kind of run out of names. Sami Zayn once had that potential, but we've gone a completely different way. Same with Kevin Owens. He's kind of struggling in his Shane McMahon feud. What other faces are there? There were great people on the card, like Ali. But you're not going to do Ali versus Bray Wyatt. So I don't know what you do. I think it's really interesting. I think you probably go into the the lesser feuds, which won't be such a problem because Bray Wyatt can just kick those people's ass. I know it sounds crazy, but let's say you did The Miz versus Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt can just run through The Miz. No one's going to care. You know, he's The Miz. There's no disrespect for him. But he is kind of in that Roman Reigns category where The Miz is just The Miz. He can do whatever he wants. But I don't know. That's the real real, uh, issue is... Once we come out of October the 7th, we, what's the survivor? But actually, I'd say what I would do. 
I would do Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt at Survivor Series. I'd tie it into the 11-19 thing. And much like what happened last night on Raw, I'd have Bray Wyatt whoop the Undertaker's ass and win. I just think that would add so much to that character that who even cares? In December, no one watches wrestling anyway. And then it's the Raw Rumble. I'd have him win the Raw Rumble. <laughs> and then there's no match at WrestleMania. That's how full in I want to go with Bray Wyatt. Rob Bunt in the Super Chat, amazingly, must have been on the channel for a while. Was that Brian Cranst I saw in Kayfabe News? You're damn right it was, Rob. Well, no, it was a variation of him. I played up to that idea. And while I am here, actually, I should say, yeah, Kayfabe News. Please uh, don't close this window, but in a new window, search for Kayfabe News in your uh, YouTube search, and you can get your satirical weekly dose of wrestling content, uh, which I would appreciate. Um, obviously, it's not just me. I just front it. It's, you know, it's, it's a collaborative effort between me, Phil, and uh, the What Culture, uh, the What Culture, the Kayfabe News guy. So, yeah, you know, you should, um, you should absolutely go and check it out and, and subscribe. I think I'm really proud of it, and I would very much appreciate it if you did go and, and do that. So, yeah, we'll pimp that out now. As for the rest of Raw, like I say, what a crazy show. Luke Harper comes back on Sunday, someone else that I love. Then Rusev's coming back in an absolutely crazy angle on Monday. And we'll have to see how it plays out. I mean, I don't think anything's going to happen on SmackDown, but hopefully we'll get something on Monday next week. Maybe it's Mike Kanellis versus... No, you wouldn't do that, Mike. Got, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the Braun Strowman stuff, is, 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 it confuses me a little bit. Because I say, I talk about this more in ups and downs. I won't try and overdo it here. But, but yeah, Braun Strowman, they booked Braun Strowman to lose against Seth Rollins at, Helena, at uh, Clash of Champions, which is fine. Three, uh, four curb stumps and a pedigree. You know, he really, he's really getting smashed. But then to try and get him his heat back or his momentum or, or whatever, WWE then books him to run through both sets of tag team champions. You're like, why? Why did we do that? So we, we gave Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode the belts. And then they look like idiots. I know Bobby Roode ran away, but still. The Revival are, are kind of geeks all the time anyway, for whatever reason. If you want to keep Braun Strowman strong, just don't put him in a match that you want him to lose. That's where I always get confused. And I, I have this, I'm, I'm becoming the moron now, because I have this want for the tag team division to become a focal point of WWE, because I think it will add diversity and variety, and it will pace up matches better, because by the nature of things, if you've got four guys in the ring as opposed to two, it's going to look a bit different. And yet we never get that. And we didn't see Braun Strowman again. So I don't really think it's going to give him... Oh, I don't know. I just... That, that was... I don't know. And that, that ties into Cedric Alexander too. Somebody tell me what's going on with Cedric Alexander. Cedric Alexander, I thought, was on a real wave. I thought he was going somewhere after the King of the Ring stuff. I know he didn't progress very far, but he certainly had a, a showing. And then AJ Styles just beating him for the last two days. And that's nothing against AJ Styles. I honestly think that if you took AJ Styles out of WWE right now, there's going to be a massive hole that you can't fill. I think he's the MVP of the company outside of Bray Wyatt. You know, he can, you can put him in any role and you can put him against anybody, especially now that he's gone heel again. And he's, he's just wonderful. He just gets it. He uses all his, his experience and all his natural talent to both be an asshole because he's meant to be a bad guy. And obviously we know what he can do in the ring. Ironically, maybe not ironically, but we probably should have kept him face and put him against Bray Wyatt. I think because people actually like AJ Styles, he's one of the few guys on the roster that maybe could have got Bray Wyatt, not necessarily booed, but there would be some on the fence people like, oh, I don't really want AJ, you know. Mm. So we, we probably should have done that if we if we had the, the sense of planning, but we didn't. So, but so yes, yeah, so I don't mind him winning, and I don't mind him looking like he's in control. But Cedric Alexander got whooped like it was. So it's basically the OC versus the Viking Raiders and Cedric. Not only did Cedric take most of the offense, he then took the pin after the phenomenal forearm. 
And then after the Viking, right, Viking Raiders got some of their magic back by beating up Gallows and Anderson, doing that crazy dive off the top where Ivar or Eric, whatever the hell their names are, just smashed on the floor. Cedric Alexander goes to give a hurricane run or something to AJ Styles of the top rope, and he just gets second rope Styles clashed instead. So you're like, wow, man. Cedric Alexander can't do anything. Even Mike, oh no, it, was, no, it wasn't Cedric Alexander. Oh, that was Mike Kanellis on the commentary. Mike, uh, Michael Cole called Mike Kanellis a loser. <laughs> That's the end for him. Imagine that, the commentary team going, what a loser. You'd be like, well, I guess that guy is definitely a loser. So, yes, I, don't under, I thought Cedric was going somewhere. But I guess it's the same with Buddy Murphy. I thought that too, and now I haven't seen him in a month. You know, these people just go AWOL. Where's Mojo Rawley in his blue face? Luke Harper would have been in that conversation, but he has now returned. Same with Rusev. So maybe one of them, uh, maybe one of them can come back. Again, 24-7 stuff I thought was awesome. Uh, while at some point we probably do have to step away from our truth just to give it some variety, uh, I think he's great. He's genuinely funny. He's in, I thought Kane playing the mayor of Knoxville was tremendous. Kane is genuinely quite a multifaceted chap. Because obviously he was a wrestler, very successful. He did Team Hell No stuff. He made that work. He's been the Demon Kane. He's done that stuff. And now, you know, he's the mayor in real life. And now he's got like a cartoon version of being the mayor. I, I, can't, I can't sing Kane, Kane's praises enough or Glenn Jacobs' praises enough. I think he's given a lot back to WWE and wrestling. I think he's had a 22-year career as Kane, more than that as Isaac Yankum and the fake Diesel. I, I, yeah, and, and to, to go from silly, fun skits with our truth where he became the 24-7 champion, which I did not see coming, to, you know, having this big closing angle with Bray Wyatt where he goes out of his way to put somebody else over. Round of applause. I've always liked Kane. Kane was one of my favorites when I was a kid because much like, imagine the same way a lot of sort of children see Bray Wyatt now. I, uh, that's how I saw Kane. Like I was genuinely freaked out by him and genuinely enthralled by his character because he felt different. And I guess Bray Wyatt is an extension of all of that. And it's starting with The Undertaker and I'm sure there are some other characters before that. So yeah, I, 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 Kane was just brilliant, just excellent. And I always like seeing him. I just do. I've even got, I should have brought it in. I've even got a, was it world's greatest director of operations mug? I own that mug. So if you ever wonder why WWE prints tat, it's my fault. I often buy it because it makes me laugh. I also ordered a no one meaner than Tamina shirt, but it got lost in the mail. They did refund me WWE. Don't get me wrong. They were very good. But um, I wanted to wear that ups and downs and it was torn from me. Uh, Jacob's Lair in the super chat. Uh, says the fiends face to face with Kane was actually reminiscent of when Kane was first introduced by Paul Bearer to the Undertaker. It felt nostalgic. I totally agree. I think there was a, you know, when you start dealing with people like Kane and the Undertaker, especially Papa Shango would be in that in that as well. But he doesn't he never really got to the level of those two or those three. It absolutely did feel like that. It felt like a bit like a passing of the torch, which again, while we get to Survivor Series, we've got to do the same thing with The Undertaker. First do Kane. I doubt Kane can ever match. You know, he is the mayor of Knoxville. He's got to do that. So first do, first do Kane, uh, Kane and then hopefully do The Undertaker. I know that The Undertaker may not do that. I don't know what his, his, his feelings on it are, but I think if we did, it really would underline what we're trying to do with Wyatt. So I agree with you, Jacob. I, it was a real great moment. And it was one that I really enjoyed. And I can see myself, you know, in a year's time watching it on YouTube or telling my my lapsed wrestling fans to watch it. it. I mean, the Bray Wyatt thing really has taken off. And given, you know, I was watching NXT clips with him earlier. Even then, obviously, we knew that he had something and we were all very excited for his main roster debut, which did do well, obviously hit a wall. The fact that we're getting a round two and the round two seems to be even better than the round one. Thumbs up, Bray Wyatt. Dude is a genius. And I don't think we can argue that. 
Uh, shout out to Alan Dead FB Goo in the super chat. The commentary didn't seem too scripted on Raw. No, I think genuinely promos and announcing has been better. I still don't like the bickering between Rena Young and Corey Graves. It's just too much for me. And I don't like the marketing stock phrases that Michael Cole has to use. I don't blame him. But, you know, him having him shouting, it's the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, it's the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, over and over again. It's like, can't we just call him the Fiend or Bray Wyatt? You don't, I don't need to have the, the TM, the trademark name read to me. But no, you know, I like Sasha Banks's down the lens promo. I like Becky Lynch's down the lens promo. I think everyone's being well harsh on Sasha because, you know, she accidentally screwed up her line about being the man. Yeah, who cares? It makes it more real. People screw stuff up in sports interviews all the time. I don't have a problem with it. You know, I, I, I really, I think sometimes we go... Uh, we go a bit crazy. Uh, Solisto in the Super Chat. Hand on heart for you. Remember, you can also get involved in the conversation and ask a question using the Super Chat. Says, did they finally teach Corbin to wrestle for King of the Ring? Hey, man, whatever, good, bad, whatever you thought of him beforehand, Corbin has had a really, really good two, three months. He just has. I mean, you may not like the character. You may not like him. But his King of the Ring showing hasn't been half bad. And you can argue it's the other person, that he's got better, whatever. Don't care. Right now, Baron Corbin, to me, feels like a bit of an asset to WWE. I feel like we've gotten through the dark patch. And hopefully we have a cool plan for him that doesn't involve any world championships. I think that's too soon. I think it will piss people off. And yeah, we can go on to whatever's next with him. I don't mind Baron Corbin. I've never minded Baron Corbin. He, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it, I guess I see something there. And maybe this King of the Ring thing will be the, the fruition and the coming together of all of that. Uh, we will absolutely see. I felt sorry for Lacey Evans and, and Dana Brooke. <clears throat> I know we're building this Lacey Evans uh, Natalia feud, but nobody cared. They just didn't. It was put in between all the Bray Wyatt stuff and the 24 7 stuff, and so much nonsense had gone on. I thought it was cool that Lacey Evans won with the sharpshooter, but, <clears throat> you know, and it wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. But it did, uh, yeah, it just lacked the. It lacked a fire. It came at the end of the show. It was done to remind you that we are doing a program that we'd like to pay off at some point. What can you do? And we, we brushed over the women's tag team division. I mean, it was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross taking on Sasha Banks and Bailey. Sasha Banks and Bailey won because if you become the women's tag team champions, it is like an albatross around your neck. You will then rapidly go downhill. Then we were having lightsaber battles with chairs between Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch and Charlotte was coming out in stilts essentially, and booting Bailey in the face, almost falling over. It was nuts. I mean, we have successfully turned Charlotte Flair face without doing anything. I don't know how we achieved that because she's such a good heel. But hey, it was a, it was a long segment. It was a roller coaster segment. I was never bored during it. I think Sasha Banks versus Bailey and Helena Cell should be pretty good. That's our two Cell matches too, by the way. We had Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins, and we've got Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. I don't think we should add any more. Start the show with one, end the show with one. Keep it nice and simple. And you could probably change both titles in that show as well. I mean, we'll talk about that in a few weeks when we get closer. We can see what the lay of the land is. And I think that was pretty much raw. I mean, we've talked about <laughs> the Maria Canellis stuff. Let me just check my phone to make sure I haven't forgotten anything. Because something huge could have happened, and then I'll feel bad. I'll feel bad for not talking about it. And I don't want to be that guy. We've got to get into anything. We talked about Braun Simon. We talked about Seth. Uh, we talked about crazy tag team stuff. Yep, Sadrick Alexander, we smashed through that. King of the Ring. Nah, King of the Ring I enjoyed. I just need to see where it's going to go yet. Maria, we've done that crazy stuff. Authors of Pain promo, that was good. Cesaro versus Rey Mysterio was a great match, but I do feel for Cesaro because he's entered Sami Zayn territory now. He's never allowed to win. And I did think it was weird that Bobby Roode was in our main event. When is Bobby Roode ever in our main event? <laughs> like, never. 
Uh, that was even stranger too. Why wasn't Seth Rollins allowed to beat Bobby Roode? It was a DQ after Dolph Ziggler got involved. But earlier in the night, again, I know that Bobby Roode ran away. But Braun Strowman was still allowed to come out and basically destroy all four guys. Even if you're just destroying the ego of Bobby Roode, that's what they did. So, I mean, a very, a very, <laughs> it's just one of the most nuts episodes of Raw in a long time, I think we can say. But it wasn't bad. Like, you know, towards the tail part of last year, I think a lot of the... Um, a lot of the if it, it was it was a bit of a slog to get through Raw. There wasn't that much good on it, and it, it felt a lot like the segments were wash, rinse, repeat. Now we do have multiple storylines. Sometimes they do cross over. There does seem to be a different feel for the show. We have a rising star in Bray Wyatt slash the Fiend, which always helps, makes it interesting, makes it feel different. I don't think Raw is bad at the moment. I don't think WWE is bad at the moment. The big criticism about Clash of Champions was it was boring or it was straightforward. I don't think it was boring. I just think it was a by-the-numbers pay-per-view. Not everything has to be the best thing ever. And if everything was the best thing ever, you wouldn't know it was the best thing ever because the only thing you'd ever have to compare it to was the best thing ever. So it would just be. It would just be there. Like sometimes we have bad podcasts. I know that when I'm done. I'm like, Millie, you screwed that up. But it means when we have a good one, like I thought yesterday's was pretty good, we'll go away going, oh, that was a step up. We should make sure we, we keep it up to that level. Same with ups and downs. We do it there. And again, ups and downs starts in half an hour. What culture wrestling? We finish here and we all jump over there and we, and we go through it live. Frequently Fly in the Super Chat says, reports are Paul Heyman is high on Rude. Yep, I heard that as well. I think my only worry there is I was also told by the rumor mill that Paul Heyman is high on Cedric Alexander. And we saw how that went now, didn't we? <laughs> Look, I, I think, I, I don't necessarily know for SmackDown, but I certainly think the influence of Paul Heyman on Raw has been uh, a, a huge a, a huge benefit to the show. You know, the, the Braun Strowman-Seth Rollins match at Clash of Champions felt very much like a Paul Heyman booked match and it turns out that was a lot of other people are saying as well i like the way he approaches those things and while there is a lot of madness like the maria stuff was just absolutely mad i mean who saw that coming again you can still watch it you can watch it and say well that's baloney and it is but i don't mind a bit of baloney on a three-hour show and i don't mind rusev coming back during well, i do a little bit but you know what i mean at least it gives us talking points it gives us debating points and again i was intrigued to see what was going to happen i was like well is ricochet the dad it's a bit strange if he is. I thought we were going to do something more with him than that, but whatever. And then Rusev is back, you know, looking lean, and he's got a tash. It's much better than, oh, here's, again, I, and this is not disrespect to Baron Corbin. Anybody in this position would struggle. But it's much better than, oh, here's Constable Corbin in his eighth segment of the night. No, I don't want that. I want things to feel fast-paced. I want them to be jumping all over the place. And I want to, uh, you know, be reminded of storylines that happened last week and then get a payoff this week. And I think we got that. You know, I, I think especially from, from Clash of Champions, you get the tease of The Fiend with Seth Rollins. You get the confirmation at the start of the show. And by the end of the show, The Fiend is absolutely in control by taking out a legend and getting right in Seth's face, being like, bro, you are flubbed. I, it's difficult. There, there are criticisms we can make, absolutely. Like the United States Championship, for example, doesn't really feel like a title that anybody cares about. Tag Championships, we've also talked about too. But at least where it counts, there is some continuity and it feels quite solid and it feels quite decent and it feels quite strong. We will uh, we will have to wait and see. Aaron Rose in the Super Chat says, just some love, brother. Always like it when people do that. Well, I like it when people support anyway, obviously. But that's um, that, that's awesome. Uh, glad to see you back and well. Thank you, Aaron. I've still got uh, probably a couple of weeks to go until I'm out the other side. But the, 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 the badness... <laughs> 
<laughs> has gone away. And again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just check out my channel. There's a vlog up there. We won't even talk about it, but please do subscribe. I'm going to throw that in a few times. And now that we've got to the middle of the show, I did this on purpose this week because I knew that most people would be watching. Obviously, Simon Miller's uh, pro wrestling show is sponsored by Pins and Knuckles Merch. Uh, you can check them out at pinsandknuckles.com for your merchandise needs. And if you go to pinsandknucklesmerch.com, you can also get an exclusive Simon Miller wrestling t-shirt, should you so wish. They're also very nice people. Uh, and they are helping out with my wrestling merchandise, which you can also check out at Big Cartel. No, the way around. simonmiller.bigcartel.com. And so, yeah, it's like a symbiotic relationship. So shout out to those guys. And on simonmiller.bigcartel.com too, there's t-shirts, there's eight by tens that I can sign for you, whatever you would like. Look at me trying to be a real wrestler. Quick side note on that. I am fighting tomorrow in the Ipswich area for IPW. If you're around, just check out IPW social media feeds. There's only a few tickets left. But James Norwood, yes, he of Ipswich Town fame, professional football player James Norwood, is the special enforcer in my match. What a crazy world we now live in. I had a match on Saturday with Andy Boy Simmons, where if you're a UK wrestling fan, you'll understand why that meant a lot to me, uh, even though he kicked my ass. And then on Wednesday... I've got James Norwood, professional football player, being the special guest enforcer. I mean, it's not quite Mike Tyson, but I will still take it. It still means a lot to me, and I'm very excited. Just be able to wrestle for IPW. I don't want to get into it. I understand. Uh, we'll, we'll do, a, we'll, we'll do a, a vlog about that, too. So this is interesting. I'm literally just reading about this now. Apparently, according to Pro Wrestling Sheet, Paul Heyman ran Monday night's episode of Raw by himself. Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, and Triple H were not at backstage at all. Uh, and a guy called Michael Mansory, who was the VP of Global TV Production, filled in for Kevin Dunn. Makes sense that Triple H wasn't there. He's down in Orlando working on NXT USA debut, which goes down on Wednesday. But no one knows uh, why Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon weren't there. I'd imagine they're working on XFL stuff, to be honest. But I think that's, uh, I think that's quite an exciting... Uh, a quite an exciting change that we should jump on the back of as well because there'd be absolutely a time where Vince McMahon wouldn't have done that so he clearly trusts Paul Heyman and he clearly liked the story I think it's been a benefit all around I really really do I know there was some criticism and some worry when it happened right now I'm happy to sit here a couple of months on and say so far so good and uh you know Vince McMahon is always going to be one of those figures that is debated about but, you know, he built WWE, so it's not. there's no point saying that he hasn't had a massive hand in it. He is WWE. But I think just for the, the sheer nature that by doing that, by proxy, you will create a different environment, which will make the show feel different. I think that's what's important right now. You know, 2019, especially with AEW starting and all the stuff with NXT that will go on the next couple of days, you want Raw to feel a bit different. I'm not saying it feels different. It doesn't feel brand new, but it does feel more exciting and it does feel more... Uh, it, it flows better. It just it feels more like a show you're watching as opposed from a bunch of different skits that have just been pushed together, which certainly was it was a problem a few months ago. Uh, Undead FB Goose says, "Did you watch Kenny on Being the Elite?" No, I'm behind on Being the Elite, uh, just through life. But now uh, I'm intrigued to see how the. I was thinking about this the other day. I'm now intrigued to see how this affects my AEW watching. Like, let's say I don't get around to watching any of the Being the Elites until October the 9th just because life keeps getting in the way and I fall behind. That happens a lot with YouTube shows. Do I then get punished watching AEW TV? Also, why don't we know the name of AEW show? AEW show starts in two weeks. <laughs> I feel like we should uh, we should know the name of the show, but we don't. Man, my voice is bad, isn't it? You can hear it just shattering as we move forward. Excuse me. Shout out to Chicken Salad, who says, The Borderlands Finney was funny as hell. Do more. That's very nice, Chicken Salad. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, you can check that out as well. 
Uh, back in my younger years, I used to do character work because it just made me laugh. And one of my characters is like, a, again, much like the kayfabe news stuff, was just a satirical look at YouTubers. And I just thought we'd do a Borderlands 3 review because there was a lot of news going on in the YouTube world and I thought I can pull that together. So you can go check that out on my channel as well. Again, please subscribe and you'll get all that. But I appreciate that chicken salad. Yes, I do think I'll do more. That kind of ties into the madness over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I thought to myself I should uh, I should start and have more fun on YouTube. I haven't done that kind of stuff for a while. I mean, I love doing this, but again, variety, right? Diversity. So yeah, we will do more. And if people don't like it, well, who even cares? Who even cares? And otherwise, I think that's pretty much. I think that's pretty much um, everything that's been going on. I don't think anything else is going on. Like I said, we're just building to that first week in October, when everything will go crazy. But other than that, no. Apparently, a Hall of Fame wants to manage the street profits. Booker T, you don't need Booker T to manage the street profits. That's no disrespect to Booker T, but they're fine by themselves. I don't. I, they just need to be in matches. I thought it was a bit weird that they were hosting that Maria Canellis stuff. Like, do they need to be doing this? Couldn't we be doing? Couldn't we be doing something else? Uh, but other than that, yeah, that's it. People talking about Sasha Banks a lot. I think Sasha Banks is great right now. I saw. I watched the Sasha Banks documentary too, and. Uh, you know, my big my big takeaway from that was, and I'm not saying, oh, I was right and everybody else was wrong. I'm just talking about it from my point of view. At the time, I was very, I did a tweet about it as well. Like, I think we should just sit on the fence with this because deep down, we don't really know what's going on. As it turned out, it sounds like anyway, Sasha Banks was going through a lot of struggles, a lot of mental health stuff, if you want to call it that. And I bet the last thing she wanted was a bunch of uh, <laughs> a bunch of people jumping down her throat saying this happened and that happened. And apparently, according to her, which there's no reason not to believe her, was just a made, bunch of made up baloney. And I think it's important to realize that going forward, social media and even you know platforms like this can be a bit of an echo chamber where we hear one thing and and we reverberate it around. And I think sometimes we forget these people are human beings. I was thinking about this the other day. Who got injured? Somebody got injured. Uh, oh, it was Elias. That's right. It was Elias and. There wasn't that many jokes or anything like that, but there was whatever you want to call it. But I remember having this moment where I thought, well, that still sucks for Elias. I bet he loves wrestling. I bet he was excited about being in the semifinals of the King of the Ring against Chad Gable. And, you know, to have that taken away from you must be difficult, especially when you're injured and you can't train and you can't do the things that you're used to doing. So, yeah, I think sometimes it's good to take a step back and you can debate these things. And if somebody is the public eye in the public eye by nature, it's just going to be a topic of conversation that comes up. Like Sasha Banks walking out on WWE in quote marks is always going to be a news story. And if you're you know, in that business, you'd be a fool for not reporting it because it is people want to know. People want to know why. But I think when it comes to the accusations is a bit strong, but the rumor mill that goes along around that, which is quite strong and quite prevalent in pro wrestling, I think, again, it would just be good to take a step back and think, well, they're probably going to hear this. And if it's not true and they are going through a tough time, it's not going to be a benefit to, to anybody there. And again, if you haven't seen the Sasha Banks thing, I think it's called Chronicle or something like that. It's a 24-7 kind of a deal. It's basically a documentary. It's very opening. It's very raw. It's very honest. And it's definitely worth it's definitely worth a watch. Like it's definitely the kind of thing that I think the network should be doing more of. I understand it's quite hard to film these things because superstars and wrestlers are are here, there, and everywhere. But you know, it was it was riveting. It absolutely was riveting, and it was captivating. And yeah, it it just opened my eyes a little bit. Like I've always it's funny actually, right? This, this is a true story. I tell this story. I was going to do a a vlog about this, which I probably still will. 
But I've never, ever vanity searched myself. I was having this conversation at a wrestling show over the weekend when someone told me they had vanity searched themselves and found all these things they didn't like and it really upset them. I've never done it. Like, I look in comment threads, of course, so maybe that's the way I sort of, you know, get my kicks that way. So I vanity searched myself the other day. and I found a couple of things that were like, wow, this person really hates me. And again, I think I'm just going to do a vlog where I, I, I go through it and not react to it, but, you know, just react to it how I, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Just do it live on camera. And that person probably thought I was never going to see that tweet because he didn't at me and he just probably thought, you know, he sees me as the guy that he sees on YouTube. And I can say, well, what about that guy? You know, flub that guy. And luckily I have quite a thick skin for this stuff just because I guess I've been doing it so long. I just don't think take things like that personally. In fact, my favorite thing in the world is that he, he wanted to say anything to begin with. He clearly cares in some sense, even if it's a negative caring and that to me is really important given what I do but again I like to try and be quite introspective with this stuff and I was like if I was of a different character that could have killed not literally but, you know that really could have done a number on me and there's this guy just throwing it out like you know and the, the, sorry the thing that really annoyed me as well is his accusation of me was that I judged wrestlers that I oh he thinks he's on his big high horse judging wrestlers I don't actually judge wrestling matches if you watch any episodes of Ups and Downs, I'm very careful never to say that was a crap match because I, I know what a crap match is, but there are ways and means of um, of verbalizing that without going without crapping on people, right? Because no one ever goes out there to have a bad match. And even before I started wrestling, I was aware of that. And I, I always thought if I do a bad video and so it's middle of the video sucked, I didn't mean for it to suck. It could have been, you know, outside elements throwing me off my game i could have got bad news that day i could have felt under the weather and i think deep down most people know their good stuff from the bad stuff so then when all of a sudden you've got someone telling you that it's only going to make you feel worse and i don't think as a society we should be doing that i know i've gone way off on a tangent here but it all did start with the sasha bank stuff and then you know me having a little look to see to see what people were saying about me and it's uh yeah yeah it's uh it's it's, it's just crazy but I, I do embrace all of that stuff, which I think is important. But it doesn't mean that you have to just because you're in this game either. It shouldn't be a proviso. You know, some people say, oh, you're, you, you know, you're rich and famous, so I can call you a piece of crap. Well, no, you can't. No, you can't. You shouldn't. You, 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 everyone should have a certain sense of self-awareness is what I think. Is what I think anyway. So anyway, there's my, <laughs> there's my high horse rant <laughs> for the week, which was, uh, which was not intentional at all. I want to make sure I haven't missed any news. Again, ever since the Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman thing broke when I was doing a podcast, I'm absolutely terrified of, uh, of missing news. But no, most people are just talking about Bray Wyatt, getting excited about AOP. Obviously, AEW's gone quite quiet, which is smart as we build up to their to their arrival on television, which is just going to be awesome. I think wrestling's really going to take off. September, by its nature, is quite a quiet month for the, for wrestling in general, especially WWE. I know there's cool stuff going on everywhere. Um, but I think, oh, we should talk about Rey Mysterio, actually. I don't really understand what the Rey Mysterio storyline is. He was going to quit. His son Dominic said, no, don't quit. So then he beats whoever the hell he beat last week. I can't even remember. And now he beats Cesaro, a guy that always loses, addressed on ups and downs for the people that always ask me to do that. Don't worry, we've done it. And now it seems like we're waiting until Dominic's ready to wrestle. And then what, Dominic's going to turn on Ray? That's the only way I can see this being a thing. So I, I'm intrigued by that. Cesaro is an interesting case. Cesaro is such a good wrestler. Like he, he makes it look so effortless, and they're, they're my favorite kind of people because I do not make wrestling effortless. I make wrestling like the hardest thing in the world as I bumble around. But Metalik, thank you, whoever said that in the chat. But 
I, I mean, is this it? Is this the ceiling for Cesaro? Does he go back to NXT? That's the other thing we should talk about, actually. Obviously, NXT on USA this Wednesday. The big rumor is that Kevin Owens will turn up, and he should do that. It, it makes sense for the story. He doesn't have to be a full-timer on NXT. Uh, it would create a huge buzz, I think. I think people look back fondly on KO's time there. And I think Cesaro is probably a guy that should follow suit. You know, I think there are two people that really have nothing to do on the main roster right now. They wouldn't be missed. And maybe you could even do Kevin Owens versus Cesaro in NXT. I know it doesn't really make any sense. But if you are trying to get eyes on the product and you want to use quote-unquote superstars from Raw and SmackDown to ensure that you do that, I can think of worse things in the world. But I guess really, but it's difficult though, because let's say you do Velveteen Dream versus Cesaro with uh, the Undisputed Era with Adam Cole. You know, I know they're good friends. I think they could, uh, I think it'll be really, really interesting. And I think when you, again, it's like a symbiotic relationship. I think it would help SmackDown too, because obviously Kevin Owens eventually is going to get back to SmackDown. It's not like he's just going to get fired, fired by Shane McMahon and never do anything. But that ties into the other problem with Chad Gable. I mean, Kevin Owens sits in that bracket as well. The way that WWE, I know that Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez from Wrestling Observer have been talking about this a lot. The way that WWE builds babyface is crazy. You know, Chad Gable always looks around like he, he just sulks when he gets insulted, never stands up for himself. Kevin Owens gets beaten up by Shane McMahon and fired and just takes it after doing what he was told as a special guest referee. I know it's cliche to say it and nobody likes it, but Stone Cold would never have done that. The Rock would never have done that. The Rock would have kicked everybody's ass. Stone Cold would have kicked everybody's ass. And there's something cool about that. And even though that was 20 years ago, I don't think that ages. That's what you want from your baby faces. You want them to turn up and take control. You know, you want to live vicariously through them. The best baby faces you always live vicariously through. That's why Hulk Hogan was so good. His selling was so believable that you had sympathy for him. So that when he started coming back, you felt like, oh man, you know, I've given him this power. Steve Austin was a bit different. Steve Austin was more of a, you know, he didn't give a crap. You know, he was the, he's the guy you'd have a beer with down, uh, you know, down the road. But he will, you know, he'd beat up his boss. Everybody wants to beat up their boss because we hate their boss. Rock was a bit different. Rock was more of a, a charismatic, larger-than-life kind of a dude. But that worked as well. And the same with John Cena. John Cena almost went the other way. John Cena felt like a guy you could, you know, he'd, be, he'd work on your building site. And, you <laughs> and you'd build together, but just happened to look like a statue at the same point. So you want that kind of guy. You don't want... Guy who gets threatened to be fired and just takes it in the ass. Like, that's, that's not cool. That is, it's not a guy you want to be. That's the guy that you probably are. You probably are getting screwed over by your boss. Like, oh, brilliant. Now I've got to play this out on television as well. I know the story's not over and it all depends where it's going to go. But I think that probably went on for, for too long on, on television. Shout out to Undead FB Goo in the super chat. Again, we've got a few minutes to go. If you want to ask any question, if you want to give me your opinion on anything that's happened in wrestling in the last few days, just drop whatever you want in the super chat. It doesn't matter. And we'll absolutely talk about it. Uh, how will us in the UK watch NXT? Well, it sounds like it's just going to still be on the network for us which doesn't really make a difference. It doesn't even make a difference even in the, in the USA. I like this idea of a war, but there can't be a war in 2019 because let's say it's the first week of October. If you want to watch AEW on Saturday, you probably can. If you want to watch NXT on a Thursday, you definitely can because it's going to be on the network. You just catch up whenever you want. And okay, the live numbers may skew in one direction or the next but ultimately if you want to watch any product of wrestling in the modern day there is a service that will let you watch it on demand because much like youtube or twitch or you know netflix or whatever that's the kind of culture we've become impatient it's why one it's not the only reason but it's one reason why people don't watch tv as much even though that's probably been over egg the last few weeks and months 
it's now it's now weird to be told, oh, at 8 p.m. on a Thursday, you have to be sat in front of your television. Like, well, I can't do that. But that's why we have DVRs or you can just plug a USB stick into your TV and record it. Or we have catch up or we have, you know, online services. There's so many ways to do it. So I think, yeah, I think NXT in the UK is just going to be on the network, probably on Wednesdays. Well, it'll probably be Thursdays, actually. They'll probably just wait to upload it or they'll do the same. And it won't make any difference. I, I assume that um, AEW is coming to ITV4 as well. I'm not sure if that was confirmed. But yeah, just it'd be, it'd be, it'd be at like one in the morning anyway. And that's the same when Raw moves to BT or even now on Sky. Like, you just choose. You can just choose. So I like it. Well, this is obviously speaking to the converted, but I enjoy that. Uh, I enjoy. I enjoy that there is more product coming. And I don't think we're all, we're not all going to be able to watch all of it. It's going to be impossible. Like the ups and downs are going to go crazy, right? And, and maybe that becomes overkill. I don't know. We have to experiment and see. And we have to, we have to do it. We have to take it seriously. I'm not going to be doing NXT. I'm not sure if anybody else at What Culture is. I haven't had that conversation. But ultimately, if I've got SmackDown, which will now be on a Saturday, Raw on a Tuesday, and AEW that will be on a Thursday, that's too much. <laughs> it's too much wrestling for me. And one of those products will suffer because of it. Because that's just how the human brain works. But yeah, whether or not What Culture will... Uh, doing ups and downs for NXT I don't currently know but obviously you can find out this Thursday I presume it could just pop up and there it will be and obviously don't forget in 13 minutes or you haven't done so already make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling and at 2pm we uh, BST we can all jump over and we can watch ups and downs together live like we're in the same house even though we're 100% not but that again is the magic of the uh, the internet some people are asking am I going to watch NXT or AEW I'll watch both in terms of what I watch first, it'll be AEW because that's, uh, again, I'm a lucky guy. That's my job. But I watch, I mean, the way I watch NXT now is probably not going to change. NXT is usually something I stick on at the weekend to catch up with as I'm doing as I'm doing other things. Doesn't mean I'm not concentrating on it, but I put it on in the background. I make sure I take it all in. And then I just, uh, yeah, I, you know, I just get on with it. And that's a nice way to watch NXT. It's going to change when it goes to two hours. Like the one hour format was perfect for that. But I'm still going to keep up with it. Like, I love Velveteen Dream. I love Adam Cole. I love Keith Lee. I think Keith Lee's got money written all over him. I don't feel like he's got his due yet. And I think when he does, he'll absolutely blow up. And that's the place to see those guys. And now that there's less chance of them... Oh, my battery's going to die. But now that there's less chance of them, you know, moving, moving up because there's no need, it's probably even better to get invested in NXT. Otherwise, you may miss out. And I don't want to miss out. I like, I like seeing what... Uh, uh, what the future of uh, WWE is all about. Uh, Geeked Out Nation, the Super Chat says, you got a little Steve Austin there drinking beer. Some people think it's me. Let's just say it's me drinking a protein shake. Should Big Cass walk away from the business for mental health? The Big Cass situation, I don't think we've talked about it. It's very difficult because, I mean, Joey Janela seems like a decent guy. And, you know, Joey Janela didn't press. Basically, if you don't know, there was an altercation at an independent show where it certainly sounds, it's better you just go read it. PW Insider, I think, had the best report. But it sounded like uh, Big Cass had some kind of issue, got very aggressive and very um, in people's faces, especially Joey Janela, based on, you know, many different, uh, many different points. He didn't press charges again because he feels like Big Cass needs help. If you've listened to any of Big Cass's interviews, he certainly did go through a lot. I think he said he was an alcoholic. I think DDP Yoga helped him. But, you know, once you have issues, you don't all of a sudden magically walk through a door and go, oh, I'm better now without, you know, the irony taken aside. But you do have it on the pun as well. You do have ups and downs. That's just true. So, no, I don't think Big Cash should walk away from the business if he is struggling with mental difficulties. But I do think he probably needs a break because you need to zero yourself out. You need to balance yourself out. You need to reach out for help. You need to get love. You need to get care. 
um, before you're able to enjoy the things you do before. But if he takes himself out entirely and he wants to be in it, that is only going to make him suffer more. So I think he probably needs to find a new balance and he needs to find a way to make it all work. But clearly he's struggling. And that's clearly one of the reasons he was released from WWE. We heard stories about, you know, ripping doors off hinges and there being a certain element of paranoia, which certainly sounds like it tied into this place as well. I think, you know, he thought people had stolen stuff from his bag or had mucked around with his possessions. Um, and while, you know, there is no excuse for any kind of violence or aggressive actions, there's just not. You also have to take the situation in context. And if he is struggling still, with mental uh, yeah with mental health um, things he does need to focus on himself first uh, but again it's something that's difficult to talk about because again going back to the Sasha Banks situation we were talking about earlier Big Cass does probably doesn't want a bald-headed guy making these uh, you know aspersions about him so that's not what I, it's exactly what I'm trying not to do I'm just giving my opinion but the good thing is there was that picture that, sim- that, that circulated where he looked like he was in better shape physically. That's always a great start for getting there. Let's hope he gets himself there mentally as well. You know, I don't wish any ill will on anyone. Doesn't mean that I condone his actions. I don't. Again, don't wish Ill will, will, will on anyone. But, you know, if wrestling isn't helping, then yeah, he probably does need to step away. Doesn't mean he can't come back. Doesn't mean he can't have another run with WWE. Uh, it's the same with Enzo. You know, I don't know what the deal is there. He came out recently and adamantly denied that he had started any rumors about them going back to NXT. Who knows? I don't know. But it was an interesting story. I know that it made headlines everywhere, as again, it was always going to do if those kind of altercations go down. With someone like Big Cass, who was in, uh, it wasn't the public eye and wasn't the spotlight, especially the way he left the WWE. Even that time he was booked uh, against the little person, whatever angle that was, and he, he went off script. Like there are a lot of um, yeah stories like that with him, so he does become quite a fascinating character, not necessarily in a positive light. So yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what goes down. I just I just hope he's okay. Mental health is nothing to muck around with. Like if you've been on my channel for a while, you know we've talked about this. And again, just cheap plug. Please do subscribe if you haven't already. It's it's not something we should be taken lightly, but it absolutely is something that we should be able to talk about openly. Because the more openly we can talk about it, like it's a broken leg, the more that people are struggling are going to feel like they can talk about it. And that's just going to that's just going to help everyone. So even if it is through something like pro wrestling, like that's the good that can come out of these situations. If Big Cass can make it through to the other side, he can then inspire other people, hopefully. And then you kind of have the circle of life. Shout out to the best named person on the stream today in the super chat, which is I've never seen a naked Mexican. And again, we've got around about eight minutes left. So please do get your super chats in now. Who's just, I've just read it, who's given me the <laughs> nicest thing ever. Simon, you are so articulate, smart, and talented. You bring a, uh, you bring a lot of people joy and entertainment. Thank you for being awesome. Well, man, you just, you made me blush. <laughs> and you've made me, uh, yeah, you've made me uh, stumble over my words, which is rare. I like to talk, as anybody knows that watch my videos. That's very kind, man. Uh, it's very flattering. And like I say, you make me day with comments like that. Hey, you know, I'm like anybody else. I have my own, um, my own self-doubt. Of course I do. I'm not, I'm not a, a, a 100% strong and perfect human being. So hearing things like that is... Yeah, it's, it's empowering, man, and it's motivational, and it's inspiring, me, inspiring and it can, you know, it, it lights a fire under me to continue onwards. Uh, you know, I always say this, but I'm very lucky to do what I do, but I wouldn't be able to do it if people didn't watch, and I wouldn't be able to do it if people didn't support my Patreon, I wouldn't be able to do it if people didn't follow me on Twitter, or subscribe, or Super Chance. You know, it all comes together, so that's very kind of you, man, I appreciate it. And thank you for watching, and thank you for everybody who watches as well. Like, we did an episode yesterday, it did quite well. 
and we're doing an episode now which is doing quite well. And it's growth, and that's evolution, and that's moving forward, that's progression. Uh, that's what uh, that's what I'm all about. Uh, again, just so in case I forget before before I do, if you're in the Ipswich area tomorrow, just check out IPW social feeds. I'm going to be down there wrestling for them in a six man tag with James Norwood as a special guest referee. And it's going to be so much fun. Uh, I cannot wait for it. I'm not saying that I'm the greatest wrestler ever. Sometimes I say these things. People go, oh, you sound well full of yourself. That's not what I'm saying. But the coolest thing about wrestling at the moment, in the last uh, couple of months especially, maybe not the last couple of weeks, because I wrestled when I certainly shouldn't have wrestled. I felt a bit under the weather. But that's what wrestlers do. I do feel more confident with it. And I do feel like my fat matches have flown better. When I'm in the ring, I do feel a bit more comfortable. Still nervous and still uh, a bit self-aware. But uh, it's really cool. It's really cool to feel like you are improving. Again, still so much to go. Still green as grass. Still a rookie. Still the one to get ahead of myself, and I never will. But yeah, it's just great. It's like when you learn an instrument, and you nail a chord you weren't able to do, or you nail a riff, or you hear a song and you're able to play it. It's now I'm kind of getting that bug with wrestling too. So yeah, it's... Uh it's cool. It's a cool feeling. Shout out to my man, Stan, who is always such a lovely supporter. Just says, hand on the heart, uh, my good friend. Always, Stan. And I know I've got your Patreon message to respond to, too. Like I say, I've got about loads after the, after the message I posted yesterday, which I expected. But I just want to sit down there this afternoon and just go through them all because I don't want anyone to feel left out. So I'll absolutely, uh, I'll absolutely get back to you. And that's it. We're wrapping up another wrestling week, really. I mean, we'll do another one on Thursday, hopefully, to talk about SmackDown as well. Can't do it tomorrow because of the wrestling. And maybe we can get an early one in. We'll see. We'll see how the day goes. But I don't like to be late for wrestling shows. I like to get there and settle. Uh, but ups and downs obviously be up tomorrow, 2 p.m. BST, so you can check that out. Uh, make sure you check out Clash of Champions, ups and downs. It went up yesterday. Obviously, Raw goes live in five minutes, and that's when we'll end here. And we will go uh, celebrate that live. It's pretty nuts. <laughs> well, that's not true, actually. I couldn't really do much of my nut stuff because you can't out-nuts a nut show. Do you know what I mean? If the show you've already watched is crazy, then there's no point. Like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, the South Park people, said that. They were like, sometimes we struggle. We can't be satirical when the world is satirical. Like Donald Trump is just one big satire, really. So how do we outdo that? And they're right. When I'm watching Maria Kanellis tell me that the daddy of her boy child is rusev you're like i'll just i'll just convey it to people how can i top that i can't but you know it's still fun but don't get me, there's still some new skits in there don't worry we still introduce some stuff and again i did shave off my uh i <laughs> shaved off my facial hair which i never do just for rusev that's how much i love you rusev i know you're never going to see this but you may see ups and downs i don't know somebody may put it in front of you you are the best and I will always be your biggest supporter. And I will never give you a down, even though that's incredibly biased. And one day, I hope the WWE sees it how I see it. And you climb to the very top. And then we shall rule the world together. I'm quite excited about SmackDown too, you know. There is a lot to, a lot to come out of it. What does Luke Harper do? What's his explanation? Do we actually get Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus the Bludgeon Brothers at Hell in a Cell? What a crazy match that would be. Kind of turns Daniel Bryan face. But is it a fake face turn? Because actually, he's in control of Harper and Rowan. That's cool. I know that storyline was bungled a little bit, but, you know, there's still interest in there. Uh, what else? Something else came out of the pay-per-view that I was interested to see on SmackDown, and I can't remember what it was. I guess the Kobe Kingston stuff. Who does he fight? Who's his next challenger? It could be Randy Orton, but I think that may be a bit overkill. You know, he cleaned him, pin, it cleaned him you know, quite easily, one, two, three, in the middle of the ring. Although Randy Orton could claim, you know, the first one was a draw, so they've got to have a rubber match. Don't really necessarily agree. 
But, you know, there, there, there's that. What the hell's the Revival going to do after having their asses handed to them? Does Daniel Bryan join Harper and Rowan and Roman Reigns teams up with the returning Usos? That's something else you can do. So there's a lot of cool stuff on SmackDown. And, you know, if Kevin Owens does is going to debut on Wednesday, does he actually do anything on Tuesday? They hinted it. You know, do they use that as a promotional platform for everything that's going to go down the USA Network? I don't know. But I like the fact they have these questions. There was definitely a time, end of last year especially, when I had no questions when a show end. I just shrugged my shoulders and went... Okay, <laughs> we'll see what happens next week. So WWE is definitely in a better place. We're still, you know, ratings are interesting and NFL and football is always going to be a, a thorn in their side. But I think in terms of the product, we're in a much better place. And on that note, we'll start wrapping up. Again, if you could smash the subscribe button, as YouTubers say, if you haven't done so already, that would absolutely rock. Again, it's the lifeblood of the channel. The more subscribers I've got, the more people that watch these and the cooler the channel looks. It's all about perspective. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, the Twittergram at SimonMiller316. Also have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Simonmiller316. And yes, just to be completely honest, without that Patreon, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. It supports all my personal endeavors. So even if you can throw a dollar in there, you'd be helping me loads. There is a description in the bio below. Uh, thank you to everyone that super chatted today. Again, absolutely helps massively. And if you want to check out my merchandise, you can. SimonMiller.BigCartel.com or PinsAndKnucklesMerch.com and you can get other exclusive merch there from Wrestlers 2. It's basically a bit like a UK version of Pro Wrestling Tees. I really do need to send them more designs and I will sooner or later. Also, make sure you head up to What Culture Wrestling Now so we can watch Raw Ups and Downs live together. Give them a subscribe as well. We work in tandem, you see. We're like a tag team, which means Vince McMahon and WWE don't like us. But thank you for sparing 60 minutes to join me today on my Ridiculous Podcast. We'll do another one on Thursday. Check out my other daft videos on my channel. And I think that's it. I'll see you over on What Culture Wrestling if I can get my mouse working, which I can. Boom! Love you, love you.